Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're in a Beyond Natural series at the moment. We're looking at the supernatural. Because life is not only what we see. There is an unseen realm and we need to be aware of it. When I was about seven or eight, I can't remember exactly how old I was, I do remember what I was wearing because I'm a girl and girls remember what they were wearing sometimes. I remember I was wearing my orange and white padded dressing gown. Did anyone have a padded dressing gown? Who still has a padded? I don't. (laughs) Hands went down. I was wearing my orange and white padded dressing gown. I was seven to eight years old. I was at a conference that my family took me to in Colac, which apparently is in Victoria. Someone in the first service told me that. And I went out on an altar call in that meeting and I was prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit and I spoke in tongues. And I I have had an insatiable hunger for the Holy Spirit since that moment. I love the Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. I love God. I love the presence of God. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13 verse, verse 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He said his prayer was that the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be with us because we need that. Do you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? I do. Or do you ignore him? I love nothing better than having fellowship with him. Then breathing in his presence, then waiting on him, then being filled with him and by him. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God in the same way the Father and the Son are God. The Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit in many ways. He is described in a number of ways in the Bible. And those, the ways that he is described describes what he brings. For instance, he's described as oil. Ever felt dry? Ever needed some oil massaged into your skin? Holy Spirit is like oil when you're dry. And that oil comes and it massages our heart and our spirit. The Holy Spirit is described as water, which is refreshing and it's cleansing. The Holy Spirit is described as fire, which is powerful and refining. And all of us as Christians, as we follow God, we will be refined by the fire. And he is described as peace, as a dove actually. He's described as a dove which talks about peace. They're all pictures of what he brings to us, what he does, but we couldn't, shouldn't confuse 
what he does with who he is. He's God. And he's the one here on earth with us. Jesus is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. John 16 says this, but I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It's better for you that I leave. What a crazy thing. Wouldn't that have sounded crazy back then? What? Jesus, no, stay. It's better for you that I leave. Because because Jesus left and sent the Holy Spirit, I have access to him in my kitchen, in my bedroom, in my car, up on the mountain, in the supermarket. He even is in Kmart. (laughs) At 3 a.m. Not that I've ever done that, but... I know people that have. Wherever I am, he is. And whenever I need him, he's there. And whenever I turn to him, he comes. I went to my chair. I was telling the Bible college students on Thursday, we were talking about um, meditating on the word and we're talking about praying and how we do that and I and they were talking about what they do and they asked me and I said oh well I walk up the mountain I walk around the neighborhood and my chair I have a chair that I sit in when I pray or read the word and just a few months ago I was so burdened by something and I walked into the room where my chair is I sat in my chair and I tell you what, I didn't say a word. I just sat down and the presence of God just fell like, I think it was like water, like refreshing, like cast your cares on me, Mel, I care for you. And in that moment, it all just disintegrated, all the worry, all the burden. That is our beautiful Holy Spirit. That is who he is. Here are some of his names. Comforter. Do you need comfort? He's there for you. Counselor. Do you need to know what to do tomorrow? Are you concerned about something that's going on? He will tell you. Advocate. Do you need someone to be fighting on your behalf? I want to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit is fighting on your behalf. Convictor of sin. Stop. Don't do that. Walk away. Don't say that. Mouth shut. Hold your tongue. Convictor of sin. Revealer of truth. So many names. Some people say this. They say as soon as you become a Christian, you get all the Holy Spirit you need. It's true that we get the Holy Spirit when we become a Christian. But it was Jesus himself. He is the one who spoke of another baptism. He spoke of something that happens after we become a Christian and it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He spoke of two baptisms actually. Well, John the Baptist spoke of the first one. Baptism in water, down and up. And then Jesus said, you'll be baptised in the Holy Spirit. So God has this experience available to every person. It's a gift. 
And he wants every believer to have it and its power from him. Luke 24, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Acts 1, once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water. But in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So he says, guys, I'm leaving. I'm leaving and, and it's okay. I'm not going to leave you alone. I have some really important tasks for you to do. But, but listen to me, guys. I do not want you to think about doing anything. Do not start doing anything until you have received this gift that I'm sending you. This gift is the enabling power to do what I've called you to do. You need this. They were already so trained. They had already spent three years walking with Jesus, watching him, imitating him, learning from him, following him, obeying him. They'd done signs and wonders. And even still, Jesus said, wait, don't do it. Don't do anything until you are clothed with power from on high. It's no different today. We need to have the Holy Spirit come and fill us with power from heaven so we can do what we've been put on earth to do. I believe it with all my heart. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The word power is dunamis and it speaks of the miracle realm. The miracle realm. Who likes the sound of the miracle realm? Dunamis comes from the word dunamai, which means ability. They were about to get clothed with God's ability. And I think that's cool. You know, after the gift of salvation which I thank God for every day. I mean, where would I be? I know where I'd be. I'd be a mess. After the gift of salvation and the freedom that that brought to my life, the baptism in the Holy Spirit has by far been the most life-changing and helpful gift God has given me, without a doubt. The Holy Spirit makes me better than I am. And I'm not being silly. I'm being serious. He makes me so much better than I am. Because I don't know things, but He does. I can't do things, but He can. If I can get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit flow through me, that's what people need. That's who people need. I look at it like this. If you go into a building, a high-rise building, you can go up the staircase, right, to get a few stories up, to get to the level that you need to go on. Paul and I, Paul still does this because he's still crazy, but I don't run up and down stairs now for exercise because I can't move for three days afterwards because my calf muscles are frozen. He still does it. 
We used to do these up and down, up and down. You can run up the stairs to get to level 10. Or you can go into the lift and press number 10 and go, whoom. So, living the Christian life without the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like running up 10 floors to get to level 10. Living the Christian life with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like walking into the lift, pressing the button and letting the power of God live, uh, help you, send you, do whatever you need to do. It's not by my power, by his power. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, and we're a Pentecostal church. All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. They were waiting. And then a sound came from heaven and it filled them all with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other tongues. They weren't just filled, they spoke in other tongues. If they didn't speak in other tongues, the onlookers wouldn't have known that anything had happened. And Peter explained it. He said, this is the promise. This is the promise that the prophet Joel promised where God said he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Acts 2.39 says this, this promise is to you, your children, and to those far away, and all who have been called by the Lord our God. See, we believe this in our church, that God wants everyone to come to know him. Is that true? He wants every, he calls everyone. So, he's called everyone, this this promise, this promise of Baptism of the Holy Spirit is to you, your children, to those who are far away and all who have been called. So this, in other words, this promise is for everyone. He hasn't left anyone out. You do not need this gift to become a Christian. No, you don't. But it certainly helps you live the Christian life. It's the equipping power of heaven, from heaven, and God wants you to have it. If you do have it, he wants to fill you again. He wants to give you more. He wants you to be filled to overflowing with his power. Some people who receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they say, well, I've got it now, that's it. No, no, I beg to differ. There's always more with God. There's always more we haven't experienced. He doesn't come to an end. He wants to fill every part of us. Let me get, in case you don't believe me, Acts 2, Peter is filled. And then in Acts 4, it says this, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Peter was filled in Acts 2 and then he was filled again. Because we're meant to live our lives in such a way, a spirit-filled life, where we give out what God's put in us and then we go back to him and he fills us again. Yeah? 
Yeah, that's, that's how it's supposed to work. Okay, why? Why do we need it? Here we go. First reason is power. To, it's boldness. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness. It's power to witness. Acts 1.8 says, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. So look at Peter, for example. A few verses before, he denied Jesus. A servant girl said to him, so you, you're one of those Jesus followers, aren't you? And he said, no, no, no. He said, no. Then he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He preaches the word of God. The boldness of God comes on him. And after he finishes preaching, 3,000 people come to know Christ. Now that's, that's a shift in someone, right? That's someone who, was, who had no confidence and boldness to someone who was bold. That's the first one. The second one is, it'll help your prayer life. Does anyone ever feel overwhelmed at times and not know how to pray for a situation? Listen to this, Romans 8, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. You want to pray the will of God? Speak in tongues and pray in the Holy Spirit and you will be praying the will of God. You don't know what to pray for? Start praying in the Holy Spirit. I was listening to Pastor Phil the other week and he said when he has a problem, Pastor Phil is the leader of our movement for those who don't know, Pastor Phil Pringle. Um, he says when I have a problem, I think about that problem and I start praying in the Holy Spirit I start speaking in tongues and I keep doing that and God speaks to me and he shows me and I get an answer I pray in the Holy Spirit are probably 80% of my prayer I would say okay I don't know what to pray but he does I don't want, know what they need but he does the last one is building yourself up in your own faith. Jude 1.20 says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If I go into a time of prayer, feeling a bit, uh, and I start praying in the Holy Spirit, guess what happens? My faith grows. starts to build. I start to see how God sees. My mind shifts. It's very exciting. Luke eleven thirteen says, So you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? If you ask Him, He will give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask Amanda and John to come up. I want them to, to just tell us their experience. Come up now, John. Why don't you welcome them? Awesome. So my experience of being baptised in the Spirit, I was in a prayer ministry um, time with a, a minister and a, a friend, and they asked me if I'd like to be baptised in the Spirit, and I said, yep. And I said, okay, well, let's do that. And my very first internal response was, what if this doesn't work, God? This is going to get awkward. And so they started to pray for me. They prayed that I would be baptised in the Spirit, and I waited, and I waited, and nothing happened. 
And I was like, oh, this has got to work. Come on, this is getting uncomfortable. And they said, how about you open your mouth and start, you know, making a noise. And I said, okay, I'll do that. So I started making a noise and then I just felt stupid and uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, God, what are you doing? Anyway, we went on like that for a little while. And then they, they um, drew the, the prayer time to an end and, and said, you know, don't worry. God wants to give you this gift. Just keep believing. Off you go. And I left and I was feeling disappointed and discouraged. And, you know, what was wrong with me? Why didn't God give me this gift? Anyway, a few nights later, I was um, woken from sleep. And that, it wasn't just a kind of, I'm awake. It was a, something that was drawing me into consciousness. And, and I woke to a room just filled with the presence of God. And I'd never experienced that before. That was new for me. And, um, and my first question to him was, you know, why didn't I get this gift, God? I asked for it. Why didn't you give it to me? And he just said, ask me again. So I did. And I prayed, God, I surrender it all to you. My body, my mind, my soul, overwhelm every sense I have with your spirit and fill me, baptize me in your spirit. And immediately I started speaking in tongues. And I was so excited by it. I kept going for a couple of hours. And then I realized I was tired, so I went to sleep. But I had to believe that it was for me. That was the first thing. And then I had to shut my brain off. I had to let go of control, my control, and let God take control. And I had to ask. And he was good. My experience was quite similar to Amanda's. I came from a very conservative church background that actually didn't talk very much about the Holy Spirit, except in the doxology at the end of each service. And so I didn't understand, but I knew there was something more that I didn't have. And so I got hold of some books, some people gave me um, some reading material, um, and I got excited because I knew that this was what I needed. Um, I found an Anglican minister and his wife who believed in this stuff, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they sat me in a chair and it was like exactly like Amanda um, they prayed and they were speaking in tongues and I felt a warmth but nothing else happened and so I went away from that feeling a little bit uh, disappointed um, that night I was lying in bed and I, I felt an urge to speak and, and I began to speak, and it just rushed out all these words. And it gave me such a shock that I shut up. <laughs> and I thought, no. So I went to sleep, and I woke up in the morning, and I said to myself, I wonder if it's still there. And it was. And, and so it went. And for me, the difference was, before this happened, I believed that Jesus was Lord. After this happened, I knew he was Lord. Acts 2 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike. When the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh, the unseen realm becomes visible. We will see visions and dreams. We will perceive the working of the spirit. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.